0: Hey, this is Michael Emery. Thanks for tuning in to the Slow Baja. This podcast is powered by Tequila Fortaleza, handmade in small batches, and hands down, my favorite tequila. Hey, I want to tell you about your new must-have accessory for your next Baja trip. Benchmark Maps has released a beautiful, beautiful Baja California Road and Recreation Atlas. It's a 72-page large format book of detailed maps and recreation guides that makes the perfect planning tool for exploring Baja pick yours up at benchmarkmaps.com. Hey, before we get into today's show with Eric Solorzano, the king of class 11, I want to shout out my heaping dose of gratitude to Sal Fish. Uh, Recently on my way home from the Nora Baja 500, I swung through Malibu, and I stopped and had a conversation, a Slow Baja conversation with Sal. And he was just so gracious. We had a great time. I spent about four hours with him. We only recorded for about 90 minutes. We got all the way up to 1968. But Sal invited me to the Off-Road Motorsports Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and I took him up on his offer, and I just just attended, and I got to see uh, Slow Baja alum Kurt LeDuc and Cameron Steele. And Kurt paid me the nicest compliment. He said that I really... Captured him in our conversation And that just means so much to me Um, And that's where I got to record this conversation With the the humble L. Ray Eric Solorzano He was... uh uh, on his way to being inducted to the Hall of Fame, and I was able to steal him away for uh, a few minutes and record the show. So thanks, uh, Sal, for that, and thanks, Eric, for making some time. And before we get on to the show, I want to thank a few folks who have dropped a taco in the tank. Um, it's November now. It's a season of thanks, and I am very thankful to Philip Greer, Uh, Amy Montgomery, you slid an entire tray of tacos uh, and a side of uh, table-side guacamole service, so thank you, Amy Montgomery, for that. David Carlo, my amigo in Alaska, thank you for all you've done for the show. Joseph Dean, can't wait to see you and the Baywatch. Chenith, down at the Nora 1000 in 2023, thank you for keeping Slow Baja going. Gary Payne, thank you. Brandon Hopper, Jean-Ray Tippo dropped an enchilada combo platter in the tank. Chris Burkert, Jonathan Dente, Scott Tate, thank you, amigos. And Jeff LaPlante um, just slid an entire tray of tacos into the tank today. Thank you, Jeff. And, folks, if you're in L.A. and you're looking for a Porsche, go see Jeff LaPlante at uh, South Bay Porsche in Torrance. All right. And without further ado, today's show, Eric Solozano, El Rey, Class 11. Say hello. Hello. Tell me who you are. I'm
1: Eric Solorzano from Tijuana, California, Mexico.
0: Just Eric Solorzano. Just little Eric from Tijuana. Yeah. The king of Class 11, sitting here in my hotel room at the South Point on the day that you're getting inducted into the Off-Road Motorsports Hall of Fame.
1: You know, this started, you know riding my bicycle you know, on, on the dirt, because everything was dirt, you know. In Tijuana, probably 70% of the city, you know, the streets were dirt. And so we learned how to ride bicycles on dirt, motorcycles on dirt. And uh, we used to, you know, my dad's car, we, my sister's car, we used to drive on dirt. So that's how we start, you know, pretending we were racing. That was our background, you know, racing background. So.
0: And I think growing up you're in your early what about sixty years old? Sixty two. I'm 62. going to be sixty three. So you Excellent. know I think growing up in that era, the off road racing had been a huge thing already. It started. Your your fathers or uncles would have seen the first ones. And so for you as a kid, it must have been really in the in the air.
1: Well, you know, my dad and my uncles and you know, family members, my my grandpa uh Moved to La Paz in 1957. He had businesses in Tijuana, and he moved from Long Beach to Tijuana, and then he moved to uh, to La Paz. They didn't, uh, to bring all this, you know, uh, pipe benders and stuff like that, to the pipe uh, to bend pipes for mufflers and brake lights and you know material to bring to make his uh, business because we've been involved in on a brake business. Since I was a kid, you know, I was born in a, in a shop where when, where they did hydrovacs, uh, did uh, shoes, uh, clutches, and stuff like that. So I, I've been involved in, in automotive since I was a kid.
0: Well, we've just jumped right into it. I turn the recorder on. I've got Eric Solorzano, the... The king of class eleven sitting here. We're drinking a couple of cold ones. Um, we're gonna keep it short because you've you've got to get prepared for your your induction today. And I'm just delighted to have uh, seen you in the parking lot when you were uh, smashing into that bench in front of the <laughs> South point, getting your bugs. You've got your two bugs here. Your two famous bugs. And I think we ought to just get into. A tell me about those two amazing machines that are out in front and tell me, you know, how you got going in this riding motorcycles bicycles first motorcycles and then as I understand it you had a an injury and you you decided, you know what? Maybe I should get into a car and be a little safer. So let's just jump through it.
1: Well, you know, everything started up back in 1974. I was invited by my aunt, uh, my uncle in La Paz, Mexico. I was I raced over in a uh, motocross track, you know, close to the ocean. So uh, that was my first race. And uh, that was my start, you know. I kept riding and uh, racing and doing this thing Wednesdays and Friday night racing, you know, night racing. And uh, racing, you know, national championships in Mexico and all that stuff, you know. So I, I kept racing probably till from 74 till uh 88
0: probably on motorcycles on
1: motorcycles and then i won a lot of first places seconds and thirds but you know i got injured a few times and so i was i was old you know getting old to do that same stuff you know so i decided to 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 start racing off-road and the cheapest way was you know at class 11. But you know, in the past, you know, I went to to college in a on like a pre-runner class eleven, so I knew how to drive it and go to the dirt and all that stuff. So it was easy for me to start racing class eleven because that was my daily driver. You know, we used to go to Sierra Juarez to see the races, and I knew about you know off road and stuff like that. You know, I used to go watch. That's what.
0: So wait a second, Eric. Back up a little bit. You said you went to college in a pre-runner?
1: Well, it was like a pre-runner, yeah, a bullseye.
0: Okay. So every day you're, you're... I
1: was driving that buck,
0: you know. Every day.
1: With a bigger mortar, you know. It was Bilstein shocks, and it did not have a roll cage, but it was a pretty nice, you know, car. You know, I can send you some pictures of it, you know. So. All
0: right. So when did you enter that first race in a class 11?
1: You know, there's a lot of local races and, you know, class 11 races. No, not only class 11, you know, races. And there's a, a code record. Back in those days, it was Paja uh, Internacional, um, Luper Alta who made the, it was the second after uh, score that was Baja Promotions. You know, we learned with Baja Promotions, they have a lot of cars, you know, on entries. And he made, you know, great races in Takati, you know, that area, Sonata. You know, not the same courses at the score. So we started up racing there. We learned how to race, you know, with uh, Blue, with uh, uh, Baja International, with uh, Record. That's our beginning of racing. And then after a few years, we won the, the Baja 1000.
0: And when was that?
1: Ninety-three.
0: Ninety-three. He could still remember his first yeah. big overall win yeah. or class Mexicali. win. Mexico. Mexicali, yeah. Hey, what was your relationship with Ramon Castro?
1: You know, I was—I I never had like a yeah, friendship, but I always—I I always wanted to be Ramon. And you know, I unfortunately when I started up racing, Ramon started up racing class sevens, and you know. I wanted to be Ramon.
0: You wanted to be Ramon. Yeah. El Tomate? El Tomate, yeah. <laughs> okay. I figured that uh, he's a little bit older than you?
1: No, he's younger. You know, he's younger. He okay. started up with Ramon and Martin Garibay. He, he drove my car back in the uh, Baga 2000. Martin, he was a great driver.
0: Well, you've got two cars, the gray bug and the red bug.
1: We got a third car we did over at COVID.
0: You did another one. Yeah. Now tell me about these two. I, I we were sitting down into your uh, your red car mm-hmm. to do the interview in front of the in front of the the hotel, and I just had a moment of knowing that my editor Christopher Kaiser was going to just bust my balls about having that noisy environment, but I really wanted to do it. It was so mm-hmm. cool to just be sitting in the car with you. But it's open. It's open windshield. Mm-hmm. No windshield. Open you know windows. So we we moved up to my my hotel room here. And that car looks like it's been through a little bit. When you see the floor and the sills and whatnot, it's 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 had a life. Tell me a little bit about your your two race well, vehicles.
1: Well, uh, between the two cars and I, you know, we've been to to hell and back, you know. But it's but it's been fun having them as a family because they are.
0: Yeah, I mean, as I understand it, you've been racing that gray one since day one. Yeah, that's amazing.
1: Yeah,
0: thirty. Three, 32, 33 years now?
1: 32, you know, but it's been...
0: Who's counting? Pardon me? <laughs> Who's counting 32 years? You
1: know, yeah, and we've, if you go into one of the race cars, you don't hear a sound or something that is loose, and they're solid.
0: They're solid, yeah. You
1: know, they've been beat up, you know, but, you know, they're. when they go there, they want to race. They have their, their own life, you know. I can say that because they're different... They can have the same motor, same suspension, but they're a different
0: kind of breed. Hey, doing my research on you, I, I read a little bit about one of the suspensions. I think it's the Cheneth suspension that you have. Is it true that you bought that thing for $75, 30 years on ago? On a red
1: car, yes. You know, somebody was going to, to uh, cut a car and, and send it to the, to the metal guy. So I went to a guy and I asked him, what are you going to do with this car? He told me, well, I'm going to. Sent to the to the metal scrap guy, so I told him how much do you want for the for the roll cage. It was a Chinook roll cage, it is, you know. So I got a grinder, you know, cut the welds and cut the roof and took the whole thing, you know, the structure because that's what it is, the structure. The, the other add-ons, you know, we made and and uh, reinforcements and all that stuff, but that roll cage is still there and then. And it's been certified every year and, and no cracks.
0: <laughs> amazing. People tell me that even class 11 is expensive now. But if you're going with 30 years on the same cage yeah. that you bought for 75 bucks and and put a lot of sweat equity into, that's an amazing story.
1: Well, you know, luckily, uh, we started with our right foot. You know, we try to, uh, to look for sponsors, the right sponsors, you know, give them the right... Uh, uh, what we do with our sponsors, we uh, reflect what we're doing. You know that's very important. You know, in the right way, in the right fashion. You know, but uh, you know we uh, we start up with B F Goodrich, Billstein, the Beer that was the main sponsor for for Score. So we start up on the right foot. You know that was our fun foundation. You know, I know a little bit of marketing, business and stuff like that. I have a business degree, so. We start up on the right foot. So year three year wins and championships and all our, all our um, trajectory help us, you know, being with the right sponsors.
0: And you've been with those sponsors since the beginning, a couple of yes, them, right? BF and, yeah. Goodrich and Rugged?
1: Billstein, yeah. Bilstein?
0: Bilstein, yeah. So I, r- I ran into Frank uh, D'Angelo last night uh, downstairs. Mm-hmm. He's here. Is it? Did your days with B.F. Goodrich go back to... Him? I
1: started with Dan Heeson, you know, okay. back in the early, you know, uh, late 80s and 90s, you know. Um, but, you know, uh, they've been great to us, you know.
0: I think it means something to say Baja proven. Yeah, I think Baja still been, means something.
1: And, you know, the, the, the we've been tested. To, like we race the street tires, you know, on our class 11s, you know. You can buy them, you know, at Costco or, you know, discount tires or, you know, any place where they sell BFGs, you know, you can find BFGs. And our tires are not Kevlar or nothing fancy. They're tires you can buy on eBay or, you know, that's what we use.
0: So 30-plus years, you're being inducted into the Off-Road Motorsports Hall of Fame Mm -hmm. tonight. Let's just say that again. Congratulations. What have you learned? Tires, suspension, terrain when to push, when not to push. I mean, tell me about what what all that has amounted. I mean, you've got a staggering number of of wins. We're going to go into that in a minute. But how do you distill all that?
1: Something that I can tell you is, if I'm not, if I'm not racing, I don't know nothing. <laughs> but as soon as I put in the first gear, you know, all the... All the Everything that I learn, you know, it's, it goes like, it flashes, you know, but I'm a regular person, you know, when I'm not racing, but as soon as that flat goes down, you know, I'm, I'm a different person. That's what I can tell you, you know. All the knowledge that I have, you know, uh, it's unbelievable, you know, it's not because I'm saying it, but. It could be a class 11 or it could be anything automotive i can tell you from a motorcycle to a bicycle to a race car to a new car to it doesn't matter you know i have fortunately i have the knowledge to understand the automotive business you know cars
0: and you need to have some sympathy to your vehicle in the Baja. I mean, maybe not trophy trucks these days, but mm-hmm. when you start with something like your your bug, it's a 74, one's a 74. It's 74, the other one is a 69. So to start with those vehicles, you've gotta have some sympathy. You just can't flog them. You can't beat them the whole time if you want them to last.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What Are you faster now at? with 30 plus years of experience than you used to be when you were a young, young man? or is it different?
1: You know, I could say that it's different. I'm not, I have never been somebody that is fast on flat, because I'm not. But I'm pretty fast at the roughest places. It doesn't matter if I'm, I guess, a guy, you know, a young guy or whatever. You know, I have ways to go faster. I will look for my lines. You know, uh, I see people that races, our class, any guy from a class 11 can guide, a trophy truck guy to tell them where to go. You know, they have their egos, we don't have our egos, we don't have money, we don't have, you know, it's different. Our racing, we have to keep the car in one piece. I know.
0: Well, I saw it firsthand in January of this year. I did a 2,400-mile dirt drive mm-hmm. uh, working on mapping the course for the Nora 1000. So Hector Sarabia was driving for most of it, but he had to fly home, and then Eliseo Garcia moved over into the driver's seat. And mm-hmm. it's just interesting to see how a Class 11 guy approaches terrain and how softly he goes into things. Versus Ellis, you know, yeah. you know who races. I think a, a class a ten, mm-hmm. so he just hits things a little bit differently. And we were driving a, a Toyota Land Cruiser, an FJ eighty, but it was very interesting for me to be behind the driver in the in the you know the back seat, but directly behind the driver for both men, mm-hmm. how they how a class eleven guy sees the road.
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh, or even if we go to the same map, you know. In the same BCPs, uh, you know, we we see the scene of it differently. And you know, I see trophy trucks uh, drivers. They go and hit all the pumps. And you know, if you move a few feet, there's another course. But you have to drive it. You have to know about it, and you have to get the feeling of it. You don't have to go that fast. You know, these guys are killing themselves to go pretty pretty fast, but you can move a few feet, and the course is there, different course. So that's what, you know, one day Marty Felca told me, why don't you do a, a book or write a book, you know, about your knowledge and all that stuff, you know, because you have different feeling, you know, I have different feelings of driving, different feelings of uh, intuition, you know, this is, you know, uh, Guessing is not right when you're racing. I think, yes, Oh, I'm going to guess. And that's when you make your, your mistakes, you know. Guessing does not exist in off-road. That's my feeling. Probably I'm wrong.
0: Yeah, but listen, as I understand it, you don't even pre-run. I do not. You just get, you put your helmet on, put the driver's suit on, you prep your car and you get in and go. And occasionally you get in and go a long, long way. Mm-hmm. It's a long time before you give a seat up to somebody else.
1: Well, you know, I get out when I get tired. You know, I love, I love to drive. You know, the first probably hundred miles, I get bored. You know, I, I think, what am I doing here? You know, I should have been in my house or whatever. You know, stay with the grandkids or, but you know, as soon as the the race evolves, you know, it's, you know, a different feeling. And you know, I love to race race at night. You know i like to go race 500 miles you know why not get out of the car drink a beer you know see everybody that is waiting for me that's for me that's an accomplishment
0: hey we're going to jump into um some accolades here uh and then i'm going to introduce robert lawrence who who as i understand it um nominated you for the the hall of fame so Robert, let me just uh, introduce you here and say hello. Hello. (laughs) So what was it about uh, Eric that made you say, you know what, I'm going to make this guy a Hall of Famer, make sure that they they finally recognize this king of Class 11?
2: Well, I was pretty aware of Eric, and I knew that he was a a legend in the sport in Class 11, and uh, I had the honor to talk to him and meet him as we kind of worked to coordinate how we were going to integrate the vintage race cars into the 50th Baja 1000. And uh, I got to know him, and then I found him to be just a genuinely really nice guy. I mean, I was a little bit scared about doing the 1,000. I hadn't done it before. And he was telling me a lot of things that I would have had to race for 30-some years to find out. He was giving me great pointers. He was mentoring me. And uh, so I just really appreciated the the help that he gave me. And I felt more confident going into that race and uh then we met again at the beginning of the race because we start way in the back with the class 11s and he was sitting on the curb and we're sitting there and i think we had about two or three hours before we we're going to start so i went over talked to him some more and then uh i decided he was uh you know a true champion but also somebody who uh was humble and that would help another racer and, in need <laughs> like myself and so uh uh, I called him one time and I said, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about nominating you for the hall of fame. Is that okay with you? And he's like, Oh yeah, <laughs> he goes, that'd be great. And yeah. you know, it, it, uh, it took a while. It was, you know, three years of, uh, trying to convince, uh, the voting committee and the board. Um, but you know, I'm very proud to know him and know him as a friend. In fact, uh, we're, we're, neighbors now in the same country since I moved to Mexico permanently from texas and uh uh, like i said yeah he's just a champion and you know one of the things that all the racers know is we all have a very special respect for class 11 because you know any racer, even the guys in the trophy trucks they have a special respect for class 11 because none of them want to do it (laughs) it's like that's the hardest way you can possibly race the baja 1000 is in a class 11 you know he's He's not driving a couch with three feet of suspension travel so. and a thousand horsepower and a thousand horsepower, 1200, whatever they're up to now. Uh, so it's just an amazing thing. And, you know, and I thought about it and I, you know, one of the movies he was been featured in now, I guess three movies that I'm aware of. Uh, the first one was dust to glory and watching that, you know, I, I, I really took notice of the fact that what really got attention in that movie were the motorcycles the trophy trucks and class 11 absolutely for sure i mean if that didn't spawn
0: a whole new generation of people wanting to do class 11 i mean i don't know what would oh, yeah. I, I was ready to go find a bug <laughs> here at slow baja we can't wait to drive our old land cruiser south of the border and when we go we'll be going with baja bound insurance their website's fast and easy to use check them out at bajabound.com that's bajabound.com serving mexico travelers since 1994. have you asked your doctor if baja is right for you if your doctor says yes well maybe you need to check out the baja xl rally it's every other year and it's coming up february 2023 the 17th through the 26th san diego all the way down the peninsula and all the way back up to tijuana 10 days, 3,000 miles. If you're interested in doing it and you got some questions, hit me up at slowbaha.com, click that contact button, or you can direct message me at SlowBaja on Instagram or Facebook. And uh, always check out the BajaXL.org page. That's BajaXL.org. And uh, hope to see you down at the start line in San Diego for a grand adventure. Hey, we're back with Eric Solerzano, the king of Class 11s, and we're uh, we're going to wrap up our interview. But I wanted to I wanted to go into um, some stats. Thirty years in the same cars, eight Baja 1000 wins. You won the Baja 2000 in the year 2000, Class 11. Nine San Felipe 250 wins. Seven Baja 500 wins. Three Mint 400 wins. And an absurd amount of wins and record in snort.
1: Well, you know, I want to clear that. I want to clear that it's been eleven San Felipe two fifties. Not it's been eleven. Oh,
0: I'm sorry, I shorted 11. you a couple there. Well, you <laughs> yeah, know, it's 11. probably my uh, my research was probably a couple years yeah, old. I, I wasn't. There's one to date. ahead
1: of uh, Rob McCaigrans. One so, ahead. So we want the, also the more races here in in uh, Prim, Nevada. Eight. So we we have the record in in Prim Nevada also, but score. Most of my racing has been with score, with Sal. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I cannot say something. You know, score old scores, old scores like, I would say. You cannot compare music from the '70s from music from now. That was score back then. You know, score was score. uh,
0: There was a beautiful purity, a rawness to it. It was a different thing.
1: It was more family, you know. Mm -hmm. You can feel the environment, you know. Right now you go and it's different. You know, I don't want to be, I don't want to say that, you know, I love to race with with score nowadays, but it's different.
0: Well, um, we'll change gears a little bit here. Um, You've raced a lot. You've driven thousands and thousands and thousands of miles in your race cars, uh, not even pre-running because I understand you don't. Do you have any Do you have any rituals that you go through before you get into a race car? I've 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 read that you're nervous. I've heard you say on that you, know, you I'm get not, real I get nervous. You
1: get nervous, but it's like I, like I mentioned, you as long as you know, as soon as I put in the first gear and then I turn into a different person, you know. Different. you know I got calm and and I know what I'm doing I don't do things I do think I, i'm think. I, I think you know I, I drive through the years more technical you know I'm a technical you know I went to school uh, writing school and back in the late 70s and 80s so you know techniques how to how to write you know and you can apply those techniques to any kind of a
0: hover up racing you know well, I think it it helps in any sort of racing that yeah. if you've if you've ridden a little dirt bike and slid mm-hmm. that around, sliding a faster motorcycle on a track is helpful, yeah. and then sliding a car around in the dirt or on a track has to. It, it's a natural progression.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's get into a couple of crazy stories here. You ever been face to face with the pit bull?
1: Well, one day, you know, we we went to the <laughs> two thousand, <laughs> you know. Um, Victor Barajas got into San Ignacio
0: with a broken spindle. Hang on a minute. You ever been face-to-face with a pit bull? <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: you know, it, this is something real, real funny, you know. Uh, we went to the Baja 2000. Victor Barajas broke a spindle, and we replaced it. And then another one got got broken, so I didn't have a third one, you know, from the same side. So I saw this Huesadero that's a wrecking yard. And I saw a bug, you know, and at the end, but nobody was there. And there were two pit bulls, you know. And then my co-driver, he was with me. Uh, His name was uh, Ruben. He died a few years ago, Ruben Camacho. And I told him, Ruben, let's go. and You go with me and, and, you know, you watch the dogs. And and then I pulled the spindles from the... From that, uh, from that bug, so he told me I'm not going anywhere, <laughs> I told him, why not, let's go, and then I jumped the fence, the and the dogs didn't did nothing, he just followed me, and they were on the side to me, and then I took the spindles, the arms, <laughs> everything from, and you know, like, I didn't give permission to no one, but I took them, and we of friends oh, about 2,000 with,
0: with a stolen spindle, stolen spindles from the junkyard. <laughs> yeah. You face down a couple of junkyard yeah, dogs, man, and you're that, still here. You're you're not yeah, all stitched that, that's, up, ripped up. That's amazing. Something that
1: really happened, you know.
0: That's amazing. Hey, another story I heard is uh, what you were you were stuck, broken down for three or so days. You call your wife; she thinks you're drunk. Can you go into that a little bit?
1: You know, this is a, a
0: part you can, of it, you. Know, you can't we're, make this stuff a, up.
1: A story. You know, it's we're talking about different entities. But a guy then from Rosarito, Venegas is his last name, he built race cars for a long time. He does the race cars from for earning Negrete, class five. The race score and here in the States. But anyway, he shows up in a uh, in a uh, four seater and we didn't have water, we didn't have nothing. Which we was just we're we're going to pick up the pull the race car because we had two flats. So we didn't know what happened to the car. And then this guy shows up with water and asked him, hey, do you got water? He gave me like a big stack of water. And, uh, and, and the guy told me, are you fine? I, he asked me, do you need something? He asked me, do you have a, a, a satellite phone? And he said, yes. So I asked him, can I borrow it? So I called my wife, hey, Diana, I'm here, you know, broken here with the Jeep and the race car, and, and she hanged me. And I called her back, are you drunk or what? I don't know, I'm here, stranded, and she didn't believe me and she hanged me. So later on, she called everyone, put it on Facebook and stuff like that. And my friend, uh, Dennis Holenbach went and, and we met him over at the highway. And uh, another one, another guy, Eric, from Encinada, went and helped me bring the car to the, to Encineta. but that was, we have a lot of stories, not good stories.
0: Well, let's, let's take that, that moment of borrowing somebody's sat phone and just talk about the, the immense amount of technological changes that you've seen in racing since, since the time that you started to where we are now. And how do you feel about? Well, something I can tell you, it has been a lot of changes, and we
1: still race with the same cars, with being competitive. But I think that...
0: Um, you started with root books and, and paper and dead reckoning yeah. and other things. Now people you know, drive on a, a screen and a line and a dot.
1: Something you forgot to mention, respect. Respect, respect was the key of an off-road racer, off-road enthusiast. You know, people didn't leave all this dirt—not No, dirt—leave all this garbage on the course. They've been doing booby pra- traps all the time. You know, But respect was different. You know, I don't remember somebody hitting me 20 years ago. It was not acceptable.
0: So you're saying uh, a faster car wants to bump you to get they you will, out of—they don't care—to get you out of the way.
1: They don't care. They're more in a hurry. Yeah. You know, they don't care. They don't have respect. But when they broke down, we go and tell them what to do because, unfortunately, they don't know what to do. If a spark plug wire goes out, well, most of them they have coils nowadays, you know, but, you know, they don't know what to do. They don't.
0: Well, that's what we're getting into. So the changes.
1: Well, you know, uh, humble opinion promoters need, need to listen to what I'm going to be saying, but if I have the money, I cannot start racing a trophy truck. If I have the money, I cannot race a 10 truck or a class one car or a trophy spec. It's not acceptable. I may have the money. Money doesn't say nothing.
0: Well, you can't get into a Formula One car unless you've raced go karts and, and moved your way up. You said the right
1: but, thing. You
0: but know? in off road, you can if you've got the money, you can get into it. A, a, you a, know, they have to go to training. Yeah.
1: You know, I started racing motocross. I went to the Suzuki Carlsbad uh, motocross school. Then I went to Marty Smith. You know, to learn. You know how to ride, make me a, a better person. You know, I really know. One of my, you know, you can be a fast rider. You have to prove it. You know, how can you, how can you, how can you jump from nothing to something is like buying a, a weapon? You know, I'm, t- I'm just going to Start with far. a
0: 22. Start with a BB gun.
1: Yeah, you're right. You know, you're right. You know, but that's my point of view. that's, you know, if they need training, you know, I, they can call me. I can train people what to do, what if the car stalls you know people the first thing is they go out of the car you have to wait you have to see what's happening you have to your navigator knows has to know how to use the stella get out of the car you know those triangles we put in that they don't work nothing it doesn't say nothing the other drivers is, or they don't care about the triangles you have to put flares you know go walk a half a mile put flares they know that you're there why
0: could be Because life or these death. guys,
1: they're into uh, electronical games and stuff like that, and real life is not that. That's why a lot of accidents happen. And I don't blame them. They don't know what could happen, you know. You learn how to PlayStation, whatever, you know, uh, games, and they think life is that, but we are in Const- constant... Uh, danger because we are
0: and you don't get an extra life when you're in Baja well, you know I mean Baja you've, is you've probably uh, gotten a few extras yourself, but it, it what what you're getting to is it can be it can actually be something serious, of course, you know you I mean, let's not get too deeply into that, but yeah, you're saying that well, people need to take it much more sincerely serious. and seriously than they are yeah. Hey, well, um you've been awfully kind on this amazing day of your induction to the Off-Road Motorsports Hall of Fame. I'm looking forward to uh hoisting a tequila and and saluting you later. Um do you have any I mean, it must just kill your body. You look great. You're you've been doing this for 30 years. It must just kill your body to to race a class 11 40 hours ish. What what's a typical 1000
1: 1000 miles my race is like 520 miles, you know, probably 24, 27, 30 hours. But you know, uh, for me, it probably is easier because I used to train motocross, and motocross is not easy. You know, you have to, you know, you have to center gravity to your body and and move all your uh, nuts and bolts. You know, when you're riding. So uh, probably it was not a big Transition from going this pretty fast in the corners and jumping double triples and all that stuff, then being on, you know, five and a half inches on the back and nine at the back, you know. So probably it was not that as, as hard as people think. So
0: know? as I said to you earlier, driving my old Land Cruiser, my secrets, you know, tequila and Tylenol. Do you have any secrets for recovery or? any preparations that you do for uh, staying staying fit and staying uh, active and being able to compete at your at, uh, at 30 years in of racing
1: well i i do my drill every night i work 4 or 5 hours on the race car after work and that's not funny so you work a full day plus yeah, you put in a half day not on the fun. car you know sometimes i think you know what am i doing here you know i can stay in my house or go travel or you know, um, I love the sport. Off-road. I love my class, and I love people that raise my class. You know, we, we because we speak the same language. You know, probably I can say something that it doesn't feel right to another class guy, but but starting from the bottom and being on the bottom all the time, and me being here for me is something that I'm very proud of and. Uh, now that I have the time to, I want to thank uh, Robert Lawrence to giving me the opportunity to be here because you know, um, this is a big step for my life. You know, I'm downhill. You know, one day I'm going to say, I'm going to hang the boxing gloves or I don't know, one day I will say, you know, I'm done. I don't know when, I don't know when, but, I don't think it's going to be pretty soon. But
0: No, I think it's very interesting. It, I I really do believe it's very interesting that there's nobody who can be competitive in Formula One at 62 years old. That yeah. that does not exist. I don't think you can do it in Le Mans car. I don't think you can do it in the top of any sports car or any other form of racing, Grand Prix motorcycles, off-road motorcycles, but you can do it in in off-road yeah. racing. You can be... Larry Rossler, who can still win. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you can be 50 something years old, 60 years old, and you can still be at the very top of your game if you've got the equipment. And explain that to me.
1: Well, the beautiful part of our class is that we're able to see the course. That's something that you know, we're we're in a hurry as fast as we can go, you know, because we're Eighty-ish
0: miles an hour, right?
1: Well it will go, you know, sometimes we'll go like one, two miles per hour, you know, and sometimes we go sixty, sixty-five, seventy, eighty. But most of the time we're going we're hitting the twenty-ish, you know, miles per hour and and you have to have your own pace, you know. There's a lot of newcomers, new guys, new kids. They're pretty fast, you know. They turned this class 11 into, I don't know what class, you know, but they're pretty fast, you know. And I see them and I i was thinking, you know, they're going to break down and they don't, you know. I don't know. <laughs> they, that's the truth, you know. I have to be, I have to see reality. If I didn't, you know, I see some kids, they like, Jesus, did he launch those 11s, you know. You Crandon, you know, this, you see. The 11s probably are faster than the Class 5 1600s. You know, they are.
0: Hmm.
1: And, uh, but I get excited, you know. What this class had evolved, you know. One day Marty Fjolka saw me driving my 11, and he said, you know, he said to Dana, you know, we're going to put a Class 11 on, on the movie. And that was, that was me. You know, I've got... You know, I got the chills when I remember that, uh, when he told me, you know.
0: And we're talking about Dust of Glory, folks, we're talking an about amazing Dust. film. The very first Dust of Glory was a truly transformational film yeah. that put people into the the emotion, the exhaustion. The, the the It's like conquering Everest to do this event. Yeah.
1: And then I saw the first time the music and interviews, and, you know, every time that I see it, I get very excited, you know. It's... Probably I would say it's like the Bible of a, of a uproar movie. You know, it's it's got a mixture of a, that music and you know it it travels you, you know, to a different point.
0: Yeah, and 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 the connection to from the filmmaker to his dad Bruce Brown who yeah. who did the very first twenty seven hours to La Paz is such an amazing documentary as well of a, of the the beginnings of this sport well Mm -hmm. listen we don't we don't need to waste more of your time you've got a big night ahead of you so eric i can't say thank you enough for making a little time for slow baja i hope our paths cross uh south of the border somewhere tijuana or on a race someplace and again um robert lawrence thank you very much for nominating this humble man and i just am delighted to uh see you see you get into the hall of fame tonight
1: thank you very much and Whenever you're down and down the border, you know, we can take you to the shop so you can see what we do on a daily basis, and everybody's invited. Thank Terrific. you very much. All
0: right. Well, thank you, Eric Salzano. The king of Class 11s here with Slow Baja. Robert, have a great night tonight, and uh, we'll see you soon.
1: Muchas gracias.
0: Have I told you about my friend True Miller? You've probably heard the podcast, but let me tell you. Her vineyard, Adobe Guadalupe Winery, is spectacular. From the breakfast at her communal table, bookended to an intimate dinner at night, their house-bred Azteca horses, Solomon the Horseman will get you on a ride that'll just change your life. The food, the setting, the pool, it's all spectacular. AdobeGuadalupe.com for appearing on slow baja today our guests will receive the beautiful benchmark map 72 page baja road and recreation atlas do not go to baja without this folks you never know when your gps is going to crap out and you're going to want a great map in your lap trust me Well, I enjoyed that conversation. I hope you did. Um, one of the reasons I strive to do these things in person is to meet meet the people behind the, the voices, to meet the people who've lived these incredible lives, had these achievements that have them uh, on Slow Baja. Eric Soler's on. a What a wonderful, humble human being. Uh, he's just a normal guy until the green flag drops. You heard him say it. And uh, the other thing that I hope you, you caught was him talking about uh, racing score in the 70s with Sal. Uh like music for From the 70s versus music today i think he's saying a lot there i'll leave you to uh, sort that out but i really enjoyed this conversation i hope to cross paths with eric down in uh, baja in tijuana see his see his shop and uh, share some tacos and a beer with him he's a he's a cool cat um I uh, still have the Slow Baja store on hold. I have not gotten settled here in Chicago, but uh, we've uh, secured a place and hope to move into it shortly. So hopefully all that merch will be in hand before uh, the holidays are behind. before the holidays are upon us so if you need to get a slow baja shirt or sweatshirt or hat for that somebody special uh well i hope to have them in hand in a few more weeks so stay tuned for that got a bunch of fun shows coming up so stay tuned for those and uh uh to paraphrase baja loving steve mcqueen baja is life everything that happens before or after is just waiting